Hi everyone, it's SaaS and Tech Interviews by Uptension, a podcast in which we're bringing entrepreneurs, founders, and like-minded people closer to you. Hey everyone, it's our SaaS and Tech Interviews with Expert, and our guest today is John Green. John is a CEO and co-founder of an outstanding startup called Nada. Hi John, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing very well. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for your time. So, uh, Nada is basically a platform that defines new ways to own and uh, access a real estate uh, assets. And I've heard recently that you guys doing pretty well. I've heard that you recently closed a uh, seed round and you closed it with $8 million. Correct me if I'm wrong. No, you, you are correct. We have a tremendous team and investors, and we're very fortunate to have that. Congratulations on that. So, uh, for those who haven't heard yet, could you please tell a little bit more what is NADA and what you're best doing there? Yeah, 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 happy to do so. NADA is a real estate finance platform, and we are making decisions that real estate ownership more accessible for everyone. So, this is really through uh, a couple of innovative financial products mm-hmm. and then delivered and experienced you know, the technology. Mm-hmm. So our first product is, is home shares product. The home shares product allows for homeowners to insert their equity into cash uh, to use for everyday spending, whatever they you know, need to pay down with at school or whatever, and to do so without the burden of new debt. So uh, there's no monthly payments, there's no exposure to interest rates, and of course they don't have to move out of the home. So it's a much more flexible and accessible way to access equity as, as cash. Mm-hmm. Our, our other key product, and we used to work in concert, is City Funds. The City Funds product is a family of real estate funds. And they make it possible for everyone to own a piece of a top city's residential real estate market. Um, we've made these in a way to where they're index-like. So they're meant to represent a single city's real estate market. In this case, homeowner equity because they're they're owning the, the home share product, and so we have Austin, we have Dallas, Tampa, Miami, and we pull them together in these real estate funds, and we work with the SEC to get a qualified investment offering that's available to the everyday investor, not just accredited investors, but everyone. So you, you can for just two hundred fifty dollars, someone can own a you know a, a pool of homeowner equity in, in Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, without having to go through all the challenges of home ownership or the financial burdens to get there. Uh, just the same, they don't have to be an accredited investor. It's just for uh, you know, any investor. Uh, so you know, we're making ownership and, and access really this, this asset as a means of creating wealth and you know, kind of growing families. So that's our own core. Like I said, we tie them all together. City funds is the pool that owns and finances our home shares product. And you know that's how we kind of work in concert on two sides, if you will. One being the owner side, and the other being on the, on the investor side. Mm-hmm. Awesome. And I know you're constantly growing. So how big is your company now? Uh, you know that's, that's such a weird thing to measure. I, I don't know how you would measure that. We uh, we've grown the team probably two x in the last uh, oh, I'd say six months, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, core team in, in contract kind of blends, but you know, we're all in it like 45 people, um, but you know, full time employees in the, the, the low 20s. 
and still trying to hire some people in some key positions. So that to me is investment of growth. They great people. There's a really good culture being built. Um, and, um, you know, our customers are really appreciating our products right now. Mm-hmm. In the current market, you know, real estate is a stable asset to get into. You're yeah. investing and then accessing equity to really offset some of the, the impacts of inflation and other mm-hmm. you know, economic impacts. So we're, we're doing well and we're, we're, we're very fortunate. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, before we go forth, um, I find it very interesting while doing interviews with different, obviously successful, ambitious, and definitely talented people like yourself. I find it so much important to go a little bit back to the roots, um, just to discover a little bit of the background, what led them to the success that they obviously enjoying today. And I would like to do the same with you, especially that I think it's going to be very interesting that, because I've heard that you were a part of a punk rock band. And uh, like, could you tell a little bit about that experience in your life? You were a musician. Yeah, yeah. I, appreci- I appreciate your research on that. Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, you know, I, I'm kind of this two-part. In, in my early 20s, I was uh, a vocalist for a punk rock band. And, uh, you know, I started, had the opportunity to do that as, um, well, it was a full-time job, previous full-time job. So it's, it's, uh, it's difficult for, for four, almost five years. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we, we recorded our own album. We did two albums. We published, you know, we wrote, published those. And um, we just toured nonstop. And that was how you made money. Then. And so much of that does very much roll into what, what this is. Um, but, you know, kind of getting out of that, if we want to like, kind of go through the, how did I go from punk rock into, into finance. Yes. Yeah, because you were a punk rock you know, musician and now you were uh, creating ecosystem for normal, like everyday yeah. homeowners. What was the transition? <laughs> yeah, it's just like everything's a journey, right? But yeah. so, so much of that background gave me, um, I, I, like my, perhaps my, my best virtue, I'd say, I could say that, is curiosity. I, I am perpetually curious. And uh, in being a marker, you get very comfortable being uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know if you're having a bad day or you're not feeling the best about yourself you still have to go out and perform in front of a bunch of strangers mm-hmm. and you don't want to not do well so that, that, that pressure and drive to get out of your, your comfort zone that helps and so i found an opportunity to just join you know a mortgage company get financial services as touring started to slow and that was more opportunity and network and then i found curiosity in this space mm-hmm. and then once it became like okay we're not going to pick up touring anymore it just became too much of a burden as we were you know we were uh, getting older and just you know it, it kind of runs course in a natural way mm-hmm. um i applied those same that's what i knew you know i, I need to be very curious i need to be driven to create and driven to try to build and establish a network or community if you will and so i, I probably agitated a lot of you know, savvy, experienced people in that space early on because I was just asking every question I could and trying to be involved in everything I could. Um, and I didn't, I didn't see this climb the ladder type. I just, that's what I wanted to do. That's how I understood value. Mm-hmm. And, and that really helped me quickly absorb that space. You know, I got to meet some amazing people and just consistently, again, being curious questions. Um, I, I just absorbed a lot and I found it very interesting. I found it... Um, you know, fascinating from my perspective of bringing something to a community through like how you would with punk rock, it's kind of an underground thing. Yeah. You see that in the financial services, more specific in real estate mortgage, so much of that information and 
and really the tools needed to, to like maximize that market is at the top. So it's usually the, the like the industry experts have it, um, or the, the wealthy have it because they cut it for that. But it doesn't really disseminate. And that was just always so agitating to me. Like um, I wanted to make it more simple, I wanted to make it more accessible, and I tried to do that, you know, throughout it, it helped me prepare. But that's you know, I, I kind of have these dueling dual voices now because I, I spent over a decade in in financial services, so I in mainly in risk management in a strategy type role, so pretty structured roles for restructuring and you know, process design and regulatory navigation, very critical. Mm-hmm. So I have this, you know, non-conformist punk rocker voicing me, pushing <laughs> the envelope, and I have this very structured financial services, yeah. um, you know, risk respect regulations and, and uh, you know, the way to navigate that. So it can help balance me. Mm-hmm. It's, it's probably it's an interesting, interesting conversation happening in your head between those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep what's going on in my head maybe a little while. Yeah, there's so, a lot going on. Yeah, that, that is very interesting. So if you could pick and define one thing that you can take from your, you know, musician, punk rock experience that helped you with what you're doing now, what would that be? <laughs> it's, it's more of a mindset, mm-hmm. you know, a mindset to, to know to, to have the grit and grind and conviction to create something. Yeah. Like there's so much vulnerability and challenge in that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll kind of put it to an example. The, the, as a band, going out, writing your own music, practicing it with other people, so you and your team, and then that's fun. But then when you go get in front of a bunch of strangers and you perform it, that, that takes a lot of, you know, if you care about it, that takes a lot of, you know, conviction in it. Mm-hmm. And understanding how to get that here with this team and build products that we're going to deliver to the public is so much the same. And there's so many little things. Like the release of our app right now feels very much like the release of a part or uh, one of our albums from the Rebels in the Band. Because we built and designed this app months yeah. ago, but we're just now releasing it. Yeah. And so I, I can recall you know, it was the same thing as right before. So there are parallels. Yeah. Yeah. Very much so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Pretty much just so. You're going yeah, to the stage and it's with the, with the concert, you just have to rock the stage. Yeah, you have to perform. Yeah, you cool. have to have yeah. And then happened nada in your life. And uh, um, you are located in Texas. Yes, yeah, yes. Okay. We are we are headquartered in Dallas. And actually, most of our uh, team and investors are in Austin. Yeah, great. So based on your experience, would you say that uh, being in Texas helped you or, may, or made it harder for uh, for you to start your business? Like, are there particular, in your opinion, specific environment um, aspects that influence a startup? Yeah, it's uh, a really good question. Texas is a great community for startups in a way that, like, there is really community. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like our, some of our early supporters were uh, the University of Texas at Austin, and we were part of a program that they did and they sponsored, you know, which now out of the latest round, our largest investor um, is Live Oak Ventures, also Austin-based, also deep connections to the University of Texas at Austin. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's critical. Austin is a great market for a hub there. Dallas is very different, but mm-hmm. it, it balances as well. Yeah. Dallas is not yet 
very startup-like. It's not very communal in that way. Um, we're trying to play a role in that and just make it more so. There's great startups here that are more scattered. What Dallas has is a very structured finance sector. So a lot of independent mortgage companies uh, are here. Um, you know, a lot of established real estate companies. So we have, you know, an abundance of finance, you know, whether it's the banking side or the real estate side that's available to us here. And that's been tremendous. And then it's just kind of, you got to balance it to the Austin and Dallas. So Texas as a whole, that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, has been great. It's, I think a lot of uh, you know, investors and startups are relocating, maybe more so to Austin, but it's not that far. True that. And for those, uh, let's say, who are thinking now to establish their business, their startup or moving um, to the Texas, so let's say Dallas or Austin, would you give any recommendations or cautions or would you focus something that they should be aware of, like particular things about the Texas environment? Um, if, if, you're, if you're a startup and you're looking to come to Texas and, and maybe raise capital, mm-hmm. I would say get to know the history of Texas venture capital. Because yeah. you can start with maybe Austin, uh, Texas venture capital is kind of like the OG fund that's gone now. Maybe work your way down from there. So really understand mm-hmm. network for me has always helped me. Yeah. So you can kind of find where people went and what's popped up. Mm-hmm. So that way, you know, unlike if you're in, you know, uh, you know, like you know, like California or something where there's like an abundance. I think here it's so much around the personal connections and understanding the journeys and trying to identify with that people would really help. Yeah. Um, so I would I would advise that I would look at where you're going to be based on talent too, mm-hmm. or ensure you're prepared to have certain the functions being, you know, uh, distributed, remote. Uh, these are things to think about because it's you, you kind of got to mix it to where you're going to get certain talent in certain areas and certain talent in different types of talent. Mm-hmm. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, I always, I just can't imagine how busy you are, right? Now running a big company, running and leading those people. I know that you, you participate in many interviews, including ours, you participate in pod, podcasts and I can imagine how busy you are knowing that you also have a family and a father yeah. of two beautiful kids. So how do you prioritize your work? And if you could give a couple of tips and advices for a new founders how to do so, could you please tell us how do you do that in your life? It's, it is a great question in a constant struggle that I, I highly recommend everyone be very cognizant of. Yeah. You know, with growth and better partners, and you'll call it success uh, in, in your journey, it is more demanding. Yeah. And something's going to give. And you have to really embrace it, I think, at home. So whatever you have at home, so you have a partner, you have a family, really think about that so that you mm-hmm. set those expectations first and then kind of build your business day around that. I, I feel like that makes you a better person and leader. Um, because it, it doesn't have this push and pull effect if you set that at home. I am constantly working on that, but that's that's something that's important for me. And I would for me, I I write I write down a few things that I know I want to do in a day yeah. and I draw a little circle by them so I can check it off. Yeah. But I make sure that they're things I know I can achieve that day. I don't like to roll things over until the next day. I'll keep those somewhere else. But that way I feel like some sense of accomplishment on the things I'm doing. 
And then as I'm growing, it's a lot of these things that I'm doing is really talking to the people that are into you know doing doing a better job than I could. So I'm kind of helping and enabling them. So it ends up being a lot of conversations, but really focusing on trying to talk to everyone throughout the day. Um, it's trying to have at least two things that you know you can achieve that day, so you don't feel like you just you pass on your wills. Otherwise, it will you'll, you'll be doing a lot of you know kind of dial pushing, but not not really feeling accomplished. Mm -hmm. But it's a small thing. Get something accomplished. Those are your priorities. Thank you. Beautiful. Um, very last question of our let's say main part. If you met a ten years old John, what you, what would you tell them then? <laughs> um, that's a great question. I didn't want, I didn't want to take it up in advance. I wanted to uh, connect to that. So, sure. um, I would say get curious faster. Right? It, it became my best virtue. And as a kid and a teenager, even in my early 20s, still, this fear of revealing what you don't know is so restricting and prohibitive. And so, that to me has really made me feel comfortable in my own skin and just you know, being comfortable with who you are it comes first and it enables curiosity because you don't have that block of revealing something that you don't know or I don't know what people might think of you. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, believe in yourself and ask questions. Well, be, be, be curious. That would be your... Yep. Beautiful. Yeah, thank you. I've heard recently, and it's a very interesting phrase for me, that um, a very accomplished person also said, I'm not brave, I'm just curious. So mm -hmm. I guess, yeah. That's, that's important. That's well said. Yeah. yeah. So let's yeah. go to our rapid fire round. Your biggest regret? Oh. <laughs> I will tie it into something that, you know, I've had probably bigger regrets than I've been some of the personal stuff. But uh, we had an option to do a second album with my band. We wrote some really good stuff, but we got too lazy and we missed the option period. And then we all just so all we got is wrong tracks. You know, just for memory's sake, I'd like to have that. I see. Maybe it's never too late, you know. Yeah, <laughs> or <sure>. release <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Uh, one punk, forever punk? Yes. Yes, that is my comfort. I don't say I'm not saying I specifically listen to the same music, especially that that I was playing. You know, I still listen to certain things like that. The mindset, it's yes. Okay, so mainstream or underground? I I appreciate you participate in mainstream because it's it's the largest audience, and so but I identify with underground. Okay, who is your business hero? Uh, um, there's, there's a, a lot that, that I like, I like, you know, um, the Patagonia story, I like, I like the purpose-driven, you know, companies and the journeys of that, I like, uh, you know, uh, John Mackey, his journey with Whole Foods, the concepts, and the, those, you know, kind of purpose built into business logic and thinking. I said so it's more of a, an idea than this individual person. Mm -hmm. Who is your personal life hero? Um, Dave Grohl, Foo Fighters. 
Oh, yeah. thank you, Jeff. That's all from thank my you. side, and I do really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thank you. This is this is amazing.